Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rockingham app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Blair Lennon, Lennon looking now, going to drive around Tubbs, try to go to the bucket, got it stripped by Jones, out to Gonzalez though, and the three is good. Manny Gonzalez with a dozen, he's four of four from behind the arc. Carroll in the far corner, a skip across near side corner, three on the way for Jones, it's in. Cowboys lost sight of the Eagles' leading score, and Jones made him pay. We are tied at three. Post up there with Case and Carroll, working against Blair Lennon, puts it up, no good. The tip follow is good for Guy Tubbs. 19 points, 17 boards for Tubbs. Up top, Brumbaugh, open three. Brady rattles it in. Big shot, Brady. 16 points for Brady Brumbaugh. He's four of seven from behind the arc. There's the lob. Cam shoots it, banks it home. Cam Carter with a perfect pass from Tyler Perry. K-State leads 68-66. Just gonna pop out to Mass. Nine on the shot clock. The handoff on the shot by Tominaga. Got it! looks that way. He's going to go wide open, left side, caught, Kelsey caught around, touchdown, Kansas City. Kelsey hasn't been that open since training camp. Sounds of the weekend. Hey, good Monday morning, everybody. We're back here on the Morning Blitz on 1025 Rock. AM 730 Fox Sports, Tri-State, Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck, David with you here for the next 50 minutes or so. As always, want to be part of the program, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on our text line, the number 785-899-2222. That's in every part of the Morning Blitz here on a Monday. It was a short weekend, you know, had to work on Saturday. That's the way it works during, uh, you know, sports season, but that's okay. Uh, it had a good time with the Orange and Black Classic. Uh, both of us did enjoy the, the the Saturday games, and then I don't know how did you spend your Sunday, Christian? Did you get rest and recharged on the Sunday? You, you got charged up, I'm sure, with your Lions advancing to the NFC title game. But I mean, did you get rested, recharged up a little bit there? I did, thankfully, and it all uh, ended with a horrible night of sleep for whatever reason. Uh, I could not get to bed last night. We're going to blame that on being excited for the Lions, though. Of course it. Had uh, nothing to do with that, but um, you know, the the good Lord gave me breath in the in the lungs again this morning, and uh, in light of that, not much to complain about, uh, especially especially with the Lions win, which was so very nice. And yeah, it short weekend, but it was a good one. It was fun. Second time ever in the Super Bowl era, the Lions are playing for an NFC championship. So been a long, long time. Christian's never seen it, so he's witnessing history right now. 
as we sit here on this Monday, January 22nd. Right. To be fair, few have. Few have. Few have. I'm not saying that you're young or anything like that. Few have. I well, would agree. I saw a sign or something like that. So it says, I've been a fan or been a ticket holder since 1968 you know, or 70, and this is the first time I've ever seen this or something like that. So anyway... Uh, we got a full show ahead today. We will get to plenty of uh, area local results, uh, whether it's wrestling or basketball. Plenty more to get to coming up throughout the show on that. We'll be looking into some college hoops results. Kansas State with a nice win. Kansas falling at West Virginia. Thoughts on that coming up here. So we've got all kinds of stuff to get to to recap a very busy weekend and just a little under an hour. And on the on a Monday, of course, we love to do it with our weekend winners and losers. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. Which ones were which this past weekend? I want winners. Loser, you're a loser. It's the weekend's winners and losers on the Morning Blitz. Gonna be a winner, be a winner. So weekend winner number one for Christian Peck Dimmit is who or what? Well, we're going to start local, and my uh, my winners kind of expand outward. Uh, but we're going to start with a guy whose team uh, has been part of a weekend winner for, I think, I could be wrong about this, two straight weeks. Uh, however, they did not fare very well. Colby's teams did not have a great weekend uh, of basketball. They combined the boys' team and the Lady Eagles to go two and four at the Orange and Black, albeit against some very good competition, especially on the boys' side. Uh, through all of that, however, a 6'3 freak of nature who's playing center, essentially only because he's the tallest kid in the rotation. You may know him as Guy Tubbs, uh, but out there he's just a man amongst boys. He was certainly a winner this weekend. Started it on Thursday against a team that had 6'4", 6'6", and 6'10 in its starting lineup. He went out there against that size, dropped 32 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, three steals, and why not, three dunks, too. Two days later, he followed that up against the second-ranked team in the state, put up an absurd 19-19, and simply put, the kid's a monster out there. I mean, he's been great all year long, but he really hasn't been, I think, uh, the beneficiary of, of some open passes and the, the focus of a scoring effort for the Eagles the way he was on Thursday. And granted, I did not see that uh, boys game because I was calling the girls game going on at the same time. And Ross and I split up that coverage, but he just had an incredible weekend. And I think he's deservedly a winner of it. He's a dude. There's no doubt about it. He's a dude. Uh, when you're, and the thing I love about Guy Tubbs is that he's had to learn because he is the tallest guy on their team. He has to learn how to play amongst bigger guys. He's not. He's the mm-hmm. tallest guy on their team, but he is small in comparison to a lot of other schools that he will face on a consistent basis, and that was plenty obvious this weekend and will be throughout the season. He knows that. So he's had to tailor his game to work around that. Now, he's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. When you can jump out of a gymnasium, (laughs) that helps a lot. It does. But you also have to realize that just because you can jump doesn't mean you're going to be able to finish everything all the time. So you have to learn how to contort your body, how to make guys 
you know, missed, get him into the air, you know, shot fake, all that stuff. He's got a great game. He's got a great game that he plays inside. Um, and he's, he's like I said, he's, I knew he, he's a first-team All-League player. He is. He's going to be a first-team All-League sure. selection. He's, he's that talented. Uh, we knew this going in. He was going to be one at some point in time in his career. He'd been a, I think he was a second-teamer last year. So he's going to be a first-teamer this year. And he's, look, he's, he's good. We knew this was coming. He's a very good player. He knows how to play around the basket despite being undersized. He's a phenomenal athlete. Guy, I mean, that doesn't matter. Not just in. I, I also respect him a lot because he plays football. Uh, he does other sports as well. I think he runs track. Is track too. So, I love multi-sport athletes. He's one of those guys. He does a great job, uh, and he's a dude. There's no doubt about it. I do want to stand out and say this though. I mean, Colby unfortunately is on the boys' side. It's just short-handed. They they play mm-hmm. six guys. Uh, they don't. They don't even barely. Di- they don't ever really go past six, um, which I think is. You know, it, you got to do what you got to do uh, with when you're a coach. But you don't play past six guys. You probably need a little bit more depth than that. You'd love a little bit more depth than that if you could. Um, and they they only have two guys that can really score the basketball. For being completely honest, on a consistent basis, they really only have two guys that can score the basketball: Tubbs and Jones. And that's fine. Yeah, don't get me wrong; they're very good scorers of the basketball. They're very talented. They're very good players. But they could use a little bit more help around them. And they just don't have that right now at Colby. That's that's just the simple facts. It's nothing against the kids. They're good players. Their 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 games have just not developed to the point to where they're the scoring threats. And right now they're just guys that try to facilitate the scores. And when you go up against good competition, you're you're probably going to have some issues because you don't have enough to draw the attention away from your two players. Just kind of simple as that. Yeah. I- I do hate to get into a critique here because we started it uh, with Guy as a winner of the weekend, but I think you're right, and that that was something that uh, we have talked about, and I mentioned it uh, much earlier this season back in December of saying they've had a couple guys show flashes, but they need that tertiary score. They need someone who's going to take pressure off of Guy and Jordan, and like Ross said, they're only going to go six deep, and Four of the five Eagles, most of the time, short of some foul trouble every once in a while, are going to play the entire game, which is a lot to ask out of your kids. And Braden Foss was that tertiary scorer, or looking like he had flashes of it for a bit coming into this weekend. His last three games, he'd averaged nine and a half points. Uh, didn't have a great weekend scoring the basketball, and that's all it takes is, hey, Braden's off a little bit or, um, you know, Kaysen misses the one or two threes he'll take a game and all of a sudden there's just not enough offense around Jordan and Guy, which is unfortunate. And it's They're a young team. They're juniors and sophomores in the but starting I, lineup. I do want to say that room, but. most teams that only have two guys that score the basketball on a consistent basis don't have an 8-4, and 8-3 and three record like Colby boys do. That's so true. give a ton of credit to the coaches and to the players as and well. And the way they play defense. And yes, th- that's all great. Now, in a moment here, you'll, you ran into a buzzsaw on Saturday. Um, even though Guy Tubbs had an amazing day. You can't play zone defense against a team that's buried, you know, that many three-pointers and shoots 40% from three. It ain't going to work. It was it was over in the first quarter when they – now I'm saying the game was over, but playing zone defense was over in the first quarter for Colby. Mm-hmm. As, Colby as came out and Friday buried five well. threes. That was it. All right, we got to go to man. We got to play man-to-man defense. Okay. Anyway, but, yeah, it's 
I give a lot of credit to Coach Stevens, what they've done to get that to, to where they are in the season. They're going to get, you know, they're going to have a nice winning record this year, and they're going to do it with pretty much just two guys that have shown the ability to consistently score the basketball. Now, they have guys that can put in the hoop as well. Other guys have had double figure scoring nights, but you would really like to see a little bit more consistently. And previously, Colby teams, including last year, did Hunter Vaughn, Ben Bussey, uh, uh, Puckett. Uh, you you can name it. They had three or four guys, and Guy Tubbs, of course. They had all guys that could score. They had four different guys score the ball, and that's what helped lead them to a state tournament appearance last year um, for Colby. Anyway, moving on. On to my winner of the weekend. I'm flipping the side. It's Goodland basketball. It's Goodland basketball is the winner of the weekend this weekend. Both teams take third place at your – and sir, see, it's also a little bit of a little extra, like, kick in the pants or a little extra feel good when you do it on your rival's home floor and in your rival's tournament. When you finish, you're saying be- kicking the pants is a good thing. Yeah, well, I'm just an extra jolt of energy. How do you want a shot of energy, whatever you want to call it? It's a little, it's a little extra sweetness factor to it. Maybe that's the way I want to put it. When you when you end up finishing higher, now for a third place finish, that's not what I'm sure either team went in with the goal. I know the Cowboys went in with the thought that they wanted to win the whole thing, and that's fine. Every team has that goal. It didn't happen. But here's the biggest thing: the boys with the win over Colby. Uh, 52-37 is the highest. It's the highest they have finished in that tournament since 1991. The highest they have finished in that tournament since 1991. That is a long, long time. Now, once again, Colt Goodland didn't play there for multiple years because they went to the Sline Invitational Tournament. I get that, but still, that's a feather in your cap. Another thing is, this is the thing that stood out to me. The championship game, Beloit lost to Olathe North by, I think, 18 to 20 points, somewhere in that range. That was the final score. 18, 20 points. Goodland lost by 10 to Olathe North. So you can sit there and you can say, well, we got beat by Olathe North and yes, we want to win the whole thing. But we just we just went up against a 6A team and played them better than the number one team ranked in the state did. I know that's transitive, you know, whatever property whatever that is there, but I, I, I don't know. I still, I would feel pretty good about that. I'd say, hey, you know what? We, we did lose to Olathe North. So did the number one team and they lost even worse than we did. I feel kind of good about that personally, so that's why I guess I sit on I, I sit on that. So that was good, and the girls, that was so impressive. I wasn't even watching the game. I know you saw it, but I was I was getting text updates from people to kind of let me know what was going on. To see Colby come out and just completely get a get a get a, you know throw the first punch and, and kind of knock Goodland down in the first quarter, and then to see Goodland storm back slowly but surely and then win it in the end by double figures. That's amazing. And that Goodland team was banged up. Haley Behrman's playing with pretty much four fingers on her left hand. And you've got Jackson Mitchell playing with pretty much one good ankle. And you still find a way to knock off a top 10 ranked Colby team on in their home, not home gym gym, but, you know, in the same home facility. Uh, and get that done? That's really impressive. That is an impressive showing from the Goodland Cowgirls. Because I'll admit, folks, going into that game, I thought, I think it'll be... It'll be hard for Goodland to win this game. Colby's at full strength. Goodland's not. Even Bill Beerman visiting with him before the game, he was debating on whether or not that he should be playing some of his seniors that were hurt because he didn't know if, you know, he's trying to make sure that they're ready to go for later on in the season. And he's like, well, I just don't know. But guess what? He played them. They played good enough to get the win. And uh, that was a big feather in the cap for the girls. So third place finish for Goodland basketball. That's huge. Uh, they're my winner of the weekend. Uh, shout out to Jaxie Mitchek and Brady Brumbaugh. They made the all-tournament teams. Uh, at the Orange and Black Classic. Uh, I am surprised how Haley Blocklinger did not make the all-tournament team because she was more consistent than Jaxie Mitchek was, or even more. So I was kind of surprised she didn't make it. 
And Manny Gonzalez didn't make it. A little bit surprised, but then I had to think about it. He really struggled in the first game until overtime. Uh, and then didn't have really any points in the game against Olathe. And then turned around and then was money man Manny. Uh, as he was burying five threes in the game against uh, or against uh, Colby. And so uh, that was... That's what I guess my thoughts on on the Orange and Black Classic overall. But yeah, overall, like I said, it was a really good tournament. Uh, once again, the final scores, Goodland beat Colby in the boys game 52-37. It was 56-45 on the girls' side. And then Wellington girls and Olathe North boys knocked out Beloit in the tournament uh, championship games to take home first place. So any more thoughts on the Orange and Black? Uh, certainly a well-earned uh, winner of the weekend, Goodland. Uh, I think you do have to feel good if you're the Cowboys, but I have to throw in there, transitive property does not work in basketball. It's simply not how that game goes, uh, especially in tournament play when you're playing back-to-back ball games. I, I, I don't think it transfers over. We beat this team by this much, and they lost to this team by this much. It doesn't done transfer. That being said, they still played a great weekend, and uh, like, you know, as with every team at the tournament, played against some very good competition. And yeah, the Cowgirls were very resilient in that ball game. Valiant efforts from a couple of their girls. And the Lady Eagles have a little bit of the same problem uh, that the boys do. They have a much deeper talent of scoring, but they'll only go six deep. Outside of foul trouble, they're only going to play six girls as well which might get them into some problems. Uh, that being said, Goodland really did absorb a, for, a first punch. Elizabeth Barton scored the first eight points of the game, and you're kind of looking up at like, wow, you know, you're, you're, in a, you're feeling good right now. You're in a good spot. And then suddenly at halftime, Goodland's only down by one. They ended the second quarter and, of course, the first half on a 9-0 run that really just shifted the momentum in this ballgame because they came out and won the third quarter by six points. And then it was really back and forth early in the fourth. I will say they won finally, or the final score was a win of 11 points by the Cowgirls. That's not indicative of how close it was. It was kind of the foul game, and really they did a great job of making all their free throws, but it kind of became getting desperate and taking chances and then fouling for the last. It was about three full minutes of intentional fouling to try to stay in this game for Colby. But it was it was really a very tight ball game for a lot of this. And to win that, like Ross mentioned, with multiple key cowgirls in a ton of pain out there, Jaxie Michek uh, had a very tightly taped ankle. And uh, I was talking to Bill Bierman pregame. And she comes over and is like, I can't move this. Like, I have to get it retaped or re-something because, like, I. she ended up playing. She had a bunch of tape on that ankle, uh, so they retaped it. But she kind of walked up and was like, I can't play with this right now. And that that's a thing for a lot you gotta of players. You got to get it sweaty. They... You got to get it sweaty. You got to get it moving a little bit. It starts out hard. You got to get it moving a little bit. It'll loosen up moving, a little bit there. Moving is a... Um, <laughs> We'll put asterisks next to the moving that she did. I mean, she it was literally Bill, like hobbling Bill Bierman, out there. Bill Bierman made it a cast. It was a cast on her ankles. <laughs> it was, I mean, she, I will, she had 20 points in this game. Incredible effort. I will say most of those points came at the free throw line. She kind of always ended up being the one getting intentionally fouled, which, you know, not the person you want to intentionally foul, but she had probably 12 points. Uh, 
uh, 10, actually, from the free throw line. But still, 20 points, a valiant effort, and Hallie Beer. Uh, Haley Bierman also knocked in some key free throws with a broken finger on her left hand. Very impressive from the Goodland basketball teams. Yeah, uh, just what one more thought. There's just unbelievable toughness from that group, and um, the, uh, they're winners. They're simple as that. They're winners. It's it's amazing the culture that has been flipped here in the last handful of years. Um, to where they've gone from, you know, being a team that struggled to win to now a team that hopes to win to now a team that expects to win no matter what the situations. And uh, that's what happened with Goodland basketball. Uh, once again, I mentioned, of course, the Goodland all-tournament team. I want, don't forget Colby all-tournament team players, Shaley Holsmeister, Elizabeth Barton were on the all-tournament team. Jordan Jones, Guy Tubbs were on the all-tournament team um, as well. On the boys' side, joining the likes of Brady Brumbaugh and Jack Smichek. Once again, how Haley Block didn't make it, I don't know. I'm stunned. Sadie Cheney uh, was the off-the-bench award winner. Uh, Manny Gonzalez did win the sportsmanship award, though, on the boys' side. So, there you go. The Orange and Black Classic, 39th annual in the books. 40th year next year. Oh, boy. Better be some big-time, oh big-time things going on for number 40. Uh, before we move on, mid League Tournament, uh, Hoxie Girls, your champions. They knock off Norton, 57-47. Peberg boys are the boys champion. They upset Norton 54-52 in that tournament. Uh, Oakley girls came in eighth. They lost to Hayes TMP 54-46. Oakley and Hoxie boys, they played in the non-bracket games. The Indians Plainsmen both won their game against Smith Center, though, in pretty convincing fashion. Northwest Kansas League Tournament, Wallace County, your girls champion. They beat Quinter 44-31. Dighton, first ever Northwest Kansas League title on the boys' side. They beat Quinter 44-32. Wallace County Boys, Decatur Community Girls took third. Nest City Boys and Girls took fifth. Greeley County Boys and Girls came in seventh. Um, Also, some other basketball results were quickly. Non-tournament games from Friday night. Golden Plains, Tri-Plains Brewster. Golden Plains swept it. 39-20, 68-47 boys score. Remember I said Weskin Northern Valley would be a high-scoring affair? Ross was wrong. Ross was wrong. Weskin girls uh, lost to uh, Northern Valley 56-21. Weskin boys also fell to Northern Valley 68-53. Still points, but not like I said 90-something. So, um, anyway. Uh, let's move on here. What's our next winner of the weekend, Chris? You got one more winner of the weekend for us? I'm going to I'm gonna sneak one in here uh, because I think you all know where I'm going with this. I've avoided kind of saying it for myself as of late, but... The Detroit Lions are absolutely a winner from this weekend. Incredible. And it just feels like icing on a cake. As Ross might say, it's all... um, Gravy? Oh, man. Gravy. It's all gravy. all gravy. If you're the Detroit Lions, I mean, for a long time, John Fitzgerald Kennedy uh, had been alive the last time that you had won anything. And this feels just so incredible because now not only do you get that coveted playoff win, the tears in the crowd as they pan up after that incredible win over your former quarterback last week, but now it's all just gravy, man. It's all just a little bit extra and you're playing with house money because now suddenly you're in the NFC Championship. You have an abysmal secondary your uh, pass game was kind of on and off until this ball game, and suddenly you're there. I mean, oh, it feels so, so good, and it should for most of Metro Detroit. It You can see all the Lions fans with quotation marks 
uh, from the Detroit area that are jumping on the bandwagon that you, you know, didn't know that they watched football until the last two weeks. But it's uh, it's nice to see. And there there's a lot of good things going on in Detroit. And they're probably going to have to replace both of their coordinators. Ben Johnson certainly is leaving. If you can believe it, our defensive coordinator is getting a ton of head coaching looks. Despite, Only the secondary course, stinks. I mean, <laughs> and they had a pick. <laughs> Only one half of what they do. Yeah, and they had a pick. Is, you know, and they got an one interception third. in a must-pass situation. Thirds. It's thirds. You got the D-line linebackers secondary. That's thirds. No, don't 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 count. Well, half. yeah, but your back seven. I think of it as your back seven. Your linebackers are in. Usually, coverage. it's the front seven and the back anyways. four. But <laughs> yeah, I know. But when you're playing pass defense, I guess yeah, that's true. It's all right. You you struggle with that. This is, uh, I've said it, this is uh, one of the worst secondaries I've ever seen uh, from a division winner, but certainly in the postseason. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Lions have done this in a great way. They have developed their offensive line to where it's one of the better ones in the league. Same on the defensive line, too, with guys like Aiden Hutchinson a little bit. They've done a good job developing that line, at least offensively. They have a couple playmakers on the outside. They have they drafted a, they they drafted Amon Ron St. Brown. They drafted uh, <clears throat> uh, Laporta at the tight end spot. They went and got David Montgomery. They drafted Jameer Gibbs. Give a lot of credit to the general manager, the scouting department, everyone who's in charge of the draft for Lions because they deserve a lot of credit for this postseason run. Now, who knows? Maybe they're going to make the Super Bowl. Maybe it's not over. We don't know yet, but. They've done a great job drafting those pieces, bringing them in, and then bringing them along. And it's you're seeing the results pay out in full here if you're a Detroit Lions fan, which it's exciting to see. I mean, it's great to see. I'm so happy for a guy like Jared Goff, who was you know, left for dead, traded to Detroit. Now he's a god. <laughs> he's a god in Detroit. He'll never have to buy or buy a drink or buy a meal in Detroit ever again. Um, it's, been, it's been fun to watch, and I am ex- I'm super excited for next weekend, for next Sunday. Liners, Lions, and the way the the way the Niners played against the Packers, and if you're the Lions, you're thinking we got a shot, baby, we got Absolutely. a shot. So and I'm even wearing my Honolulu blue shirt today, I guess, in I your know, honor, I'm something like that, I'm a little bit. So it. it was definitely intentional, for your eyes, <laughs> obviously. Hey, uh, subconsciously, know, three years ago, yesterday, three years ago from the day that they are headed to San Fran for the NFC chip, was the inductory presser. For MCDC, where he's giving you the bite-off kneecaps and take a hunk out of you and be the last man standing. That was three years ago. You got you got to remember that this is a team that went three and thirteen and one. It took till I think it was week twelve to get our first win in his first season, uh, Dan Campbell's first season. And man, I remember. Right after that trade, it was kind of within a week of the trade, you get a little ESPN alert, and some of them are, hey, this guy's sitting out or this guy's injured, and you're like, oh, very cool. And some of them are just the most meaningless thing about Taylor <laughs> Swift or whatever. And you get an ESPN alert, and I look down, and it's uh, the headline, something like, you know, Goff meeting his new receivers. And he had given a phone – I think it was right after the draft he had – given a phone call and somehow found the phone numbers of the entire receiving core on the Lions and called them all over and flew them out to his house in L.A. and had dinner with them to, like, mesh or meet or whatever. And at the time, I'm thinking, like, cool, I guess, but, like, this guy's going to be here for a year. And, you know, he, he's a, he was a bridge quarterback. That was the plan was get him in here and have him play just good enough 
that we can go grab a number three and number two pick and pick, you know, a highly talented young quarterback. And he more than earned his spot. Any Lions fan will tell you even that first year of play, but certainly that second year with the Lions, right away it was this kid's earned his spot under center for us. We don't need to draft anyone. We don't need to use a high pick. We can use them on the Jameer Gibbs of the world, on the Sam Laportas of the world, who, if you remember, were bashed in the media. Brad Holmes, our GM, took a ton of flack. Uh, A running back in this market in the first round? Ridiculous. Now he's out here stiff-arming all pro guys as he scores go-ahead touchdowns. I mean, it's incredible. Goes back to the line play. The line was really well developed. It creates holes for your running backs, and running backs look good when your line play is good. I got one more winner of the weekend before we get to a break. I got to throw a shout-out to Colby Girls Wrestling from this past weekend. If you aren't following Colby Girls Wrestling, what a weekend it was. Thursday, they won their duel against Norton. Turnaround Friday went down south to Cimarron and beat everybody by 106 total points between first and second. Just dominated them. Um, and then went to Rollins County just in the, went to Rollins County on minimal sleep on Saturday and won that tournament as well. So they won a duel and two tournaments at Colby Eagle Wrestling. Uh, they had 19 top three placers and 10 champions total on the weekend. 19 placers who placed in the top three and 10 total champions. That's amazing uh, for Colby Girls Wrestling. Also, shout out to the Colby Boys Wrestling team. They got fourth at a very tough Beloit tournament. Six top three placers, two champs. Hoxie, by the way, placed second at the Beloit Invitational. So they had a great showing there as well for wrestling. Very, very busy and full weekend in local sports. All right, we got to get to a break. We're once again, as always, way over time. We'll take a break, come back. The Weekend Losers is next. You're listening to The Morning Blitz.